Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. A very good day to you, Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Um, my name is Shadow Twala and producer uh, Hazel Makuzeni and our technical producer. Our contact details are 0892102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at SAFM Radio or at Shadow Twala. And I seem to have run through that because of my frog in my throat. Apologies. Victorine Bongshu, as a mother of four children, holder of a master's degree in communications and CEO of Profounder Intelligence Management Services. She joins me today to talk about her first book in a two-part series, Stop Complaining and Bring Back Involved Parenting. And this book is for parents, guardians, caregivers, and institutions alike. But first... Chew on these wise words. The Lunch Bite on SAFM. I got this quote by Khalil Gibran, and he says, Your children are not your children. They are sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. For their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the make upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he also loves the bow that is stable. The thing that really matters is for someone to hear me. I wish my bank would understand that I want my hard-earned money to keep working even when I stop. And that's what really matters, finding a bank that really cares about me. A bank like Nedbank that offers me a 32-day notice account with a great rate of up to 7.1% per annum with no monthly fees or commissions and I can access my money with just 32 days notice if I need it. Make your money keep working for you. Open a NetBank 32-day notice account with a great rate of up to 7.1% per annum. Another reason to join NetBank. Visit us or call 0860-555-111 today. T's and C's apply. We're an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. Make things happen. NetBank, Mancosa, Africa's leading international business school, accredited, affordable, and accessible management education programs. Mancosa offers postgraduate diplomas in business management and MBA. Register today at our Graduate School of Business. Visit mancosa.co.za or SMS Mancosa and your email address to 34745. Think MBA. Think Global. Think Mancosa. Management Education. Reimagine. All you shower superstars and school concept supernovas convinced that you'll be South Africa's biggest pop star yet? <laughs> Someone lied to you. You've been deceived. Do you know what it takes to be a superstar? It takes talent. A talent so special, so rare, a talent that you sadly do not have. To you, I say, pursue your dreams, but do not pursue this one. If it's winning you want, pay or renew your TV license. It's the easiest way to win. Pay at one of the 10,000 outlets nationwide and you could win weekly prizes or a grand prize worth 50,000 rand between 15 January and 31 March 2016. SABC TV licenses. Pay yours. Stand a chance to win. T's and C's apply. 
Mix Kivovo, a.k.a. Vulavana, a.k.a. Show Me Your Number. Show Me Your Number. When Steve Ovo was still a young Steve Ovo, all he wanted to do was to be a soccer star and score all the goals. Today Steve Ovo is not a soccer star. He owns his own Shisanyama, but Steve Ovo is not worried. Although Vulavala is not a player anymore, he gets to watch all the soccer games live on Ladum and listen to the matches on his favorite SABC radio station. If you love soccer like Steve Ovo, watch all the live soccer action on Laduma. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Are you tired of television replays? Get all the sports news you need to know on SAFM Sports Special this weekend. Shadow Twala on SAFM. Well, my guest is businesswoman, wife, and author, and, and, and mother of four, can you believe it? Victorine Bonchu, welcome to the show, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Shadow, and thank you for the marvelous introduction. Now, stop complaining and bring back involved parenting. Where did the title come from? That title came from the heart of a woman. A woman who is a mother and who is bothered by the fact that children increasingly are going out of control and all we do and is we watch and we complain rather than fix the children. What are the sort of complaints we give? Shadow, what actually prompted me to write this book was a training I delivered in the northwest province of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And in that training, a woman had alluded to her four children and the credit record that she had. We were just talking casually, and she said to me, at the end of every month, she's indebted more and more. I asked her why, and she said, my daughter needs a mobile phone, and if I don't buy the mobile phone, she attempts suicide. She, she threatens to attempt suicide. Oh, no. I was quite touched, and I said to this woman, how did it get to that level? She said, I don't know. I said to her, did you ever sit down to find out how your children, one by one, got to the level where they threatened you to get material satisfaction. She said, no, I promised to work with her. Unfortunately, all the working was at that training because we didn't exchange contact details. I had given her mine, but I didn't take hers. Mm -hmm. So we talked through the process, and I said to her, you know what, I come from a very traditional background where children were never entitled in the way we spoke and in the way we composed ourselves. Mm. And I now am exposed to a background where children are very entitled in the way they speak and in the way they compose themselves. And it worries me. Listening to you personally is different from hearing it over the radio or reading a book. Mm. So I was extremely touched. And my reflection on that, I decided to help parents out there put out something that is more like a retrospect for every single person in how they have turned out and how their children will turn out. Now, Victorine, is there a perfect way to be a good parent? I mean, considering that each situation is unique, the experiences are unique, and, and, and of course it depends on our skills and abilities, um, and, and children themselves are wired differently, as we've discovered. Yes, that is quite true, and I say that already as well. Shadow, I have, I have a perception that in the majority of situations, the environment makes who we come out to be. The environment is not the person. The environment is the people. The environment is the things that they are exposed to. Mm. 
And I would give you an example of so many children out there that come from squatter camps and turn out to be extremely successful in the way they compose themselves. Mm -hmm. And you look at it, you wonder, how did this child, out of so many, turn out to be this good? It's that individual encouraged by the environment that they find themselves. We cannot make our children, but we can definitely create a convenient environment, a composed environment in which they grow and they turn out to be round. And round is also relative. What is a good child to shadow might not be a good child to Victorine. Mm. You believe that. Mm. But again, there are some general uh, principles. And I quote examples, not actually in this book, but book two, where I say, I think it's also here in book one, yes. I say, when you meet a toddler in a supermarket throwing tantrums, mm. and then you look of course, I give a foreign look, a look that says, I don't condone with this. Mm. And the mother would turn around and say, do you know, she's so tired, she's sleepy, <laughs> or she's hungry. Why do you excuse bad behavior from that stage? And that toddler listens to the mother and keeps doing that until they have their own child. Now, what about the parents that will deal with a screaming child by screaming back? That is not what we encourage. You don't scream back at a child. Because when you scream back at a child, you're teaching that child the art of screaming. Mm. When I grew up, we didn't even know how to scream because you, you, you never knew how to scream. It was not allowed. We didn't mimic a behavior that was not there. I don't know if you understand me. Yes, 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 we because, copy. because the, the children copy exactly what we do. And they reproduce it from a tender age, then it becomes a habit, which is why my book one is not talking about how to be involved in your children's life as most people think. It's talking about not doing the things that make children turn out what they shouldn't. It's talking about teaching them, involving in teaching them the things that are generally accepted principles of parenting. Now, you keep on, for the third, since we started talking, you've mentioned one word three times, <laughs> composure. Yes. Now, I, I need to know what you mean by composure, how they compose themselves. Yes, um, the examples I have given of the two incidents mm-hmm. is the act, acting and behaving. That is what I mean by the composure. And if you say they, are you talking about the children or the parents? Or the parents? Mm-hmm. I mean your question to me. Is it regarding the children or regarding the parents? The children, the children. The children. Mm-hmm. Shadow, I don't know if you use the eyes and the ears that I use. I just don't like what I see in our children from very tender ages. Forget about the toddler and think about the mini skirts that little children wear. You cannot stop them from wearing mini skirts, but you can tell them appropriate times to wear them and appropriate places. My daughter goes to ballet. When I pick up my daughter at ballet, they always commune together with another child. And my daughter always comes out not dressed, uh, sorry, dressed up. And the other Okay, one of the OPS came to me and asked me, why is it that the children run out and your daughter is always the last to come out? And I said, because she's dressing up. And she's like, she's a little girl. She can run out like that. I didn't say a word, but I just said to myself, for me, it's not authorized. I wouldn't allow her to run out like that because she's coming from ballet. Ballet is not acceptable in shopping centers when I take them to buy lunchbox after we leave school, for instance. But Victorine, again, the girl child becomes targeted as opposed to the boy child. Mm, Most often, which is why effort should be put a lot more in bringing up our children in general, but also the girl child in particular. What you cannot change, you can maintain, right? These are the perception here. We cannot change the fact that girls are the target, or we could change it, it takes longer. But also, if we maintain a certain value, 
I, in my perception, an individual, they might become less of those targets. I just think so. I'm not condoning it because in the book also there's a chapter where I'm very strict on parents, on fathers particularly. Mm. And I say, but, but what I say to parents is that you start off by telling your boy child that it's okay to run around in your whatever you're wearing. Mm. And then you tell your girl child that it's not okay. Mm. Already you're teaching these two children that one can do this and one cannot do this. What 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 are we doing, Shadow? We are already giving them that mentality, and they grow up with it. They grow up feeling like, they, okay, my job is just to fish. So if there's no river, the man doesn't take care of the house. Mm. And the woman, the job is to cook. So whether they are pots or not, the woman has to provide food. But this is this will take me to another question about the role of the mother and the role of the father as parents. Mm-hmm. And later on, I want to talk to you about uh, single parents. Mm-hmm. But the role of the mother, because young boys were taught differently from young girls, mm-hmm. that means that we need to be skilled at, at at what we do as men and women or mothers and fathers to give good parenting. But if it perpetuates itself to our adulthood... We're repeating the cycle, are we not? We are. You see, Shadow, I say there's always the father and there's always the mother. Today's parenting is blending the two. It's blending the roles, not the fact that there's no father and the fact that there's no mother. No, the roles are blending. And this is because women go out there to work as longer hours as men do. So we are now blending all these roles. But at the end of the day, if we do not teach our children that these roles are blending, they would still grow up being that father that will not fish because there's no river in the city. Mm-hmm. So involved parenting says, sit down, scrutinize where you come from, blend it with what you have today, and make it a better tomorrow. Please hold that thought. I'm going to take a little break, Victorine, and come back. This is getting so interesting. Please stay on the line for me. We'll be back after this. All eyes will be on Finance Minister Corbin Gordon during the budget speech on the 24th of February. When it comes to budget predictions, there will be many experts. So make sure you listen to SAFM on the 24th of February. This year's budget speech is proudly brought to you by NetBank. Partner with NetBank and take your business to the next level. You're dreaming of enjoying the good life with your family, driving a fancy car, owning a luxurious house, being CEO. But how do you get there? Change your life, make your dreams a reality, and your success a priority with a life-changing Regent Business School MBA degree. For more on the Regent MBA and undergraduate qualifications, including the BCom and BAdmin degrees, visit regent.ac.ca or email study at regent.ac.ca. Regent Business School, developing global leaders in Africa. As a resident of Joburg, you deserve the best. That's why the city of Johannesburg is hard at work creating a better tomorrow through job creation. During the past financial year, the city supported almost 4,700 SMMEs, while the expanded public works program generated almost 52,000 jobs citywide, and thousands of jobs were created through the Josie at Work initiative. That's how we are delivering a city that works for you. Joburg, a world-class African city. Don't forget to tune in to the health update tomorrow at 11.05, proudly brought to you by MediClinic, expertise you can trust. What was that sound? 
Was it the sound of an undercover government laboratory spinning a new type of DNA? Was it a desperate housewife getting ready to bake her unfaithful husband a very special cake? Or was it the palace air conditioning of a sweaty kleptocrat dictator who is waiting for the revolutionaries to break down his walls? This time, you decide. It's your story. The award-winning SAFM Playwriting Competition is back. SAFM invites all writers to explore the medium of sound, the theater of the mind, and to create a one-hour radio play in English. Get writing now and submit your play before the 29th of February 2016 for a chance to win one of three large cash prizes. For more information, visit safm.co.za. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, putting the ladies in the limelight. Putting the ladies in the limelight. Speaking with Victorine Bongshu, who's the author of Stop Complaining and Bring Back Involve Parenting. And just before we went to the break, uh, Victorine, you were talking about how to blend roles and rules, I take it, um, and, 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 and ask yourself where you come from uh, and apply that today together. But what if your references of where you come from have not been um, the best you have? And, and because I, I think value systems become important here and cultures, depending on whether you come from the same culture or not. Exactly. That is so true, um, Shada. But again, you are asking me how do you know if it's the right one? Basically, that's a, so that's a question, right? Mm-hmm. Did I get you correct? Mm-hmm. I started off by saying there's no right or wrong way. It's mm-hmm. like parenting. Parenting doesn't have a right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. There's an opening phrase in the book that I say, are we learning how to be effective parents, not super parents? Okay. And effective is relative. If, for instance, I come from a traditional European city and I'm staying today in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. I cannot carry that city into Johannesburg. I would come with me, open-minded, knowing that getting into Johannesburg, I would have a cultural sink. Mm-hmm. And a cultural sink is you would meet people that do not behave or interact the way you do. Okay. And then you watch, which is that past now. So mm-hmm. you're watching them, you're observing them to see how they are currently doing things to blend it. I didn't say eradicate your past. Mm-hmm. Blend. To blend it in a way that will be acceptable even to you. Shadow, have you ever done a wrong thing and you sit back and you ask yourself, did I really do this? <laughs> I'll do that in many times. Right? I spank my child and I will sit and say, did I really spank my child? Mm. Is it because I was spanked when I grew up? Mm. I, it's not because I'm against spanking. It's because I have looked back and thought of what spanking did to me as a little girl. And I said, no, I'm not going to spank my son or daughter. And not of course because you, people are not spanking here in Johannesburg, but because spanking is painful. And in the way parenting is today, I don't even have the energy to spank shadow. <laughs> I don't. Parenting is so hectic. It's Especially for a working mother. Beat, right? Especially for a working mother, but also the kind of reaction or the kind of um, reaction, yeah, it, it brings out in a child because they, they've taken it back. They're not too sure how to deal with this new emotion of violence. And, and re- reacting to that is, is, you know, brings in a new dimension between you and the child, your relationship. Yes, yes. and children today are extremely emotionally uh, explosive. I would, I would bottle up a lot of things that my children cannot bottle up, you, you know, as a little child, mm-hmm. as a little girl. I went through a lot of things that to my children today, that is pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's because of my upbringing. It's because of the environment that they find themselves in. So I would now adjust to make sure that I do not put my children through the same pain that I had gone through birth 
I do not compromise the fact that they don't have to do what would have caused that pain or what would have caused I they see. to inflict that pain. So you don't compromise a lot. But at the same time, if it has happened, like we need as, a, as an involved parent, I get into meetings with my children, young as they are. My firstborn is 10, by the way. So I get into meetings with them, and we discuss consequences, we discuss behaviors, we discuss things. That is because I don't want to find myself being a parent that parents with agony. I don't want to find myself being a parent that regrets that I should have done this or not done this to my children. And also, I don't have the time to keep repeating this or that to four children. So I sit them together, and I say to them, this is not accepted. And we adopt the consequences for that, and we move on. And when you do what is not accepted, you are ready to bear the consequences. I cannot give consequence to four children at a time. So I do it in a way that it also creates efficiency, but it creates consistency. So they know that whether you are four or ten, the consequence is the same. It's the gravity of it that differs. Victorine, at what stage or, or did you start these meetings with your children? And, and did I understand you saying you, you, you do them uh, for all four at the same time or because they're not all the same ages? So when did you introduce them and how do you know that they're getting you? I know that they're getting me. Okay, I introduced the first meeting ever when my brother dropped off his two children to spend two weeks with me. And I sat, my brother and the wife were going uh, overseas for a funeral. And I sat down and I said to myself, okay, combined we have three helpers. But they will not cope with six children because the more they are together, the rowdier they are. Mm-hmm. So I called the firstborn. My brother's youngest, younger child is older than my firstborn. So I called the firstborn, who is now my brother's firstborn, and I said to him, we need to have a meeting and talk on how to behave in this house for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because when you visit, it's different from when you come to stay. Mm-hmm. I had to drop six children to school every morning. Sure. So we sat down, and I said to my uh, nephew, get a pen and get a paper. He sat down, he took minutes, and they gave me consequences of their behavior. So I said to them, for instance, if it's lunchtime and auntie says, come eat, you don't come. What is the consequence? And they would say to me, the consequence is that you skip lunch, you mm-hmm. have supper. We implemented that, and we did it. At that time, my first child was one, so there was no way we could do it for him. Yes. And I said to them, let's wait until my little boy is three. And when he was three, he started getting into these meetings. And then talking about whether they get it or not, I know they get it because they suggest the consequences of every bad behavior. And I ask them, what is an unacceptable behavior in our house? They would tell me. And on that day, we had children that had come from a different home with definitely a different culture. So they also told us what was not acceptable in their house. Mm -hmm. We did it for lunchtime. We did it for when we had visitors. We did it for when we went out to the shops. We did it for morning when we were leaving. We did it for who takes whose bag out of the car when we come back from school. And if your bag is still in the car, we lock the car. Wow. Yeah, so in the morning now... It's either you clean your pl- your dishes and put everything and you pack your lunchbox on your own because auntie cannot do that. There were three of them, but you are six children. Hmm. And they would get tired, you know. So they would give me the consequences. And I have overheard my son so many times saying to the sisters or the siblings, I don't want to make this person cry because when this person cries, they will tell on me and I would suffer this. So he would actually say the consequence. You know, and then I realized, oh, this thing is effective. The six children was quite small. The only pressure I had was the drive, you know, like driving to school. Mm -hmm. I was actually more pressured driving to school than taking care of six children in the house. It was quite smooth. They all knew everything. We worked so orderly. 
and everything was fine. So I decided, you know what, that's the way forward. So every now and then, even for finance, we strategize, we sit down, we do shopping uh, strategies, we do lists together, we go to the shop. Boy, the first two, you go that way, we go this way. It makes work so easy. We do that even in cleaning the house, everything shadow. We sit down, we strategize the day before, and then we wake up in the morning, everybody knows what they're doing. Victorine, Victorine, this is so amazing. Well, you, you, you're very good at life, and we're going to find out after the news how you got to be so good at life and good at parenting. Cause I, think I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with me, Victorine. <laughs> and we're back after news headlines with Utsila Sanko. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Oh, where were you, Victorine, when I was in, <laughs> when I had young ones to deal with? Because I mean, it makes so much sense, and it, we can all do it. But you know, I, I I say you're good at life because until this morning, I didn't realize that you are Stacy's mother. Is that so? No, until this morning, I was looking through your, and I've spoken with Stacy, and you have brought, and I must remind my listeners. Stacy is a bubbly young girl who I spoke to on the radio who wrote the book Smelly Cats. And, you know, I spoke to her on the 16th, I think. No, no, she was born on the 16th of February, right? Yes, sure. And she's how old now? She's nine. She's nine. Yes, she's nine. My little girl is growing so quick. And and you know what? You, you've you made, I, I believe every word you're saying and know that it's worked because of Stacey. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know how we can start being good parents at this age because you started them at a very young age. But can I start at a child with a child who's 10, 11, 12 and bring in all these suggestions that you have in being an involved parent? Shadow, life is a school. You know, life is a school. From any age, you can study, right? Mm. You can do that. Mm. You can do it. When I did interviews for the book, I interviewed grandparents, and someone asked me, why are you interviewing grandparents? I said to them, because they still have a lot to learn from children of today. Grandparents didn't parent in these times, and they get it wrong sometimes. I'm not saying people are wrong in parenting, but I'm saying we get a particular thing or two wrong sometimes because we deny to see the passage of time. The only difference between starting a child at 10 and starting a child at 2 is that you have to speak, 10 is preteen, right? You have Mm. to speak a teenage language at 10, not a preteen, a teenage language at 10. Meanwhile, I have to speak a toddler language at 1. You know, that is the only difference. And you, reality, reality. We are escaping from reality. When I was on the break, I was just thinking to myself, why is Shadow not asking me certain things about reality? Which is, what do you do when you see a child that is already grown up and that child is already spoiled? How do you Mm -hmm. fix the child? Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that this is exactly what Shadow has asked me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because that is what I want to hear, my Shadow. I want to hear how do we go back to the drawing board and say, okay, as a parent, I have made parenting very tedious. To be honest with you, parenting is very light in my household. Mm. It's not a tedious thing. When I hear people complaining, I say to myself, maybe it's because my children are still very young. You know, maybe that is why it's not tedious to me. Maybe they just believe in everything mommy says. Mm. But when they are already young and very exposed, you have to also speak a language that says to them, mommy or daddy loves me. You don't speak a language that says to them, you are loved more outside than inside. No. 
that insight teach them how to self-love. When you have self-love, you respect yourself. And once you respect yourself, you start respecting others. A lot of us didn't have all these privileges. Now our children have them. Let's give it to them. And the privilege of intellectual parents, of working parents, of open parents, of a melting pot of culture, which is everywhere we live today. You would tell me even the most rural places in South Africa have strangers in there Mm -hmm. that didn't grow up there. They come in with new cultures. We take these cultures. How do we absorb them? How do we teach our grown-up children how to absorb these cultures? How do we teach them how to live the habit? Live means let go, not live, not live, not L-I-V. How do they let go a habit of smoking, for instance, if smoking in your culture is not acceptable? Mm -hmm. You don't pick up a shout with them or a fight with them. No. You sit down and you tell them the components of that cigarette. You tell them how much they spend to have that cigarette and what they could do with that money. And you actually make sure you give them the money. So don't say to them, if you don't spend money, you will have money. So where do they get the money from? Mm. You give them, you tell them that, look, this is your money. Buy what you want. I do that to my children who are still young, and I I succeed because they are young. But for an older child, you say to them, don't buy a cigarette. Look for something that cigarette can substitute for you. And then you get that. You don't say to them, no, don't buy. Where is solution? Victorine, where do we find this book? Shadows, um, the book is not yet out, but you can get a copy at number 181 College Drive in Johannesburg. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or you can call the number zero one one yes three four six eight three double zero eight three double zero yes or alternatively that's the second one yeah so thirdly you can get it from me directly my number is oh eight two no don't give your number can we just oh, have okay. an email address <laughs> okay please? yeah email my email is victorine victorine v i c t o r i n e at bongshu M B O N G S H U one word. S H U dot C O dot Z A. And how come you and Bong Shu and Stacey is Fru? Because Dr. Fru didn't I didn't take up Dr. Fru's surname. Ah. I kept mine. Ah, okay. <laughs> Clever girl. Clever no, girl. I traveled a journey already. It became a bit complicated. <laughs> which is the one thing I talk about, uh you know, like separate homes also. Um, it's also a topic that I... Oh, no, we must, you must come back and talk to me. We've got the budget speech coming up, so our conversation is, has to be cut short. Okay. But I really want to have a longer conversation with you and let us know when the book is up and published and ready so that more people can go and read it. Thank you. Can I quickly maybe just give you um, the book launch date? Which yes. Is the third, it's Thursday next week, the 3rd of March, mm-hmm. at number 181, Call it Drive. Call it Drive. Yes, ma'am. Fantastic. And give a big hug to Stacy for me. I'll do that. Thank you so much, Shadow. I really appreciate you and your audience. Thank you so much for doing this. Let's take involved parenting forward. Fantastic. Thanks, Victorine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, it's Victorine at Mbongshu, M for Mother, B-O-N-G-S-H-U dot C-O dot Z-A if you'd like a copy of the book or be at the launch on the 3rd of March at 181 Colette Drive in Johannesburg and uh, the number 011-346-8300. It's time for our children's program. Nalibal.
Nali Bali. It's time for a story, a time where we can journey to many places and meet different faces. Today's story has been specially produced by Nali Bali for reading out loud on World Read Aloud Day, Wednesday, February 24th, which is today. Every year, Nali Bali celebrates this day to raise awareness of the importance of reading aloud in children's literacy development by producing and sharing a special stories in all 11 official South African languages and asking adults across the country to read it out loud to the children in their lives. Last year, Nali Bali, together with the South Africans across the country, read aloud to 166,000 children and this this year, they hope to break that record. Join them by downloading your own copy from Nali Bali's web or Mobi sites www.nalibali.org or nalibali.mobi where you can also let them know how many children you will be reading it to. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Today's story is Neo and the Big Wide World by Vianne Fenter. Neo looked out the window of his room at the grey view of the grey street with all the wet grey people hurrying through the grey pouring rain. He couldn't go outside and he had already read all his books to Mali. Just then, Gogo came in with her hair all twiggy from the wind outside. She was holding something. Neo could see that it was flattish and squarish and very colorful, and it could open up just like a treasure box. This was my favorite book when I was young as you. Gogo told Neo, it was my door to the big, wide world. Then she opened the book. On the first page was a picture of a magical place, far, far away from the grey, grey day. The felt was green and gold and brown with a great big blue sky above and a warm yellow sun baking down. Wow, is that real? Neo gasped. Coco smiled. Don't you know all stories are real? If you believe in them, she said. Then she pointed to the place on the page where a little boy, just about Neo's size, was walking across the felt. As Gogo read, Neo closed his eyes and slipped away over the hills across the great brown earth off into the big, big world. He heard the voices of the felt. Come out, come out, sang a little bird. It's a beautiful day! It's a beautiful day! Chirped the cicadas. Come away! Come and play! Whispered the wind in the long grass. Neo remembered about the grey, pouring rain and wondered if he should be out here. But in a story, you can do anything! 
There was no rain here, so Neo set off across the veld. The first thing he saw was tall and brown with a strong wooden body. It had long brown arms that reached up to the sky and a big twiggy head of leafy green hair that swayed in the warm breeze. Hello, said Neo, his eyes wide. What are you? I am a tree. I can see all the way across the great gold plains. Come up and look with me. The tree reached out and Neo climbed up. From up in the branches, Neo could see to the very edge of the world. And there was so much somewhere out there that it almost scared him to think of it. But the tree held him safe and whispered, Go and explore. Don't be afraid. It's a wonderful big wide world out there. So, Neil climbed down and went on his way across the fault. Soon, he came across a mound of hard sand with little holes, like tiny doorways. He could hear a million busy voices inside and the patter of six million tiny feet running about. Hello, who are you? Neil called into one of the doorways. Hello. A tiny voice answered, We are ants. We tell the stories of the world in here. Do you want to hear some? Neo loved stories, so he sat down and listened. The ants told their stories of the felt and the forest and of the mountains and the cities beyond. So many stories, Neo asked. There are as many stories as there are stars in the sky. The ants answered. Neil waved goodbye and went on his way across the felt. Eventually, Neil came to a lot of water that rushed through the valley from morning till night. Neil stepped in to cool his hot legs. The water splashed at his feet and giggled. <laughs> I am River. I roam from the mountains to the sea. Come, follow me. I'll take you home. Neo thought how good that would be. So he followed the river across the valley and between the mountains. Together they wandered through the afternoon and almost into night. Until at last, Neo reached a hilltop. From there he could see a little town. Washed clean by the rains and gleaming in the light of the setting sun. Then the river gurgled gently. Go on, go home. There are people who love you there, waiting to share stories with you. Neo went down through the town. He saw the busy streets that rushed through the town, just like rivers. He saw houses warm in the evening light. Inside them, people were busy, just like tiny ants. At last, Neo peeped through a window where an old gorgo with strong arms and twiggy hair, like the branches of a big tree, closed a book and bent to kiss her little boy goodnight. Neo thought about the felt and the tree and the ants and the river. And as he watched the gogo, a rainbow lit up 
the little house in colors so bright it looked like a picture in a storybook. Neo thought of his great adventure inside the pages of Gogo's favorite storybook, and he thought of her and Bali and home. So Neo slipped through the book into his warm bed in his cozy room in his little house. And that is why, whenever the world seems too grey and his room seems too small, Neo opens a book. He steps through a door between the pages and goes off into the big, wide world. We come to the end of today's story on Nali Bali, produced by Vion Finter, Kathy Lowers, and Leon Fisser. I'm Celia Nalane. Look out for the Nali Bali supplement with great stories and activities available in various languages in the Sunday World in KwaZulu Natal, Gauteng, and the Free State, the Sunday Times Express in the Western Cape, the Eastern Cape's Daily Dispatch on Tuesdays, and the Herald on Thursdays. Well, we've come to the end of the show, and thank you so much for joining us. And, and the reason we, our show is, is brief today is because uh, of the much-awaited uh, budget speech by the Minister of Finance, Pravin Gordon, and everyone is looking forward to it. I am too, just to see where we are. Uh, so news will come early, and um, and uh, yeah, news will come early with Utsila Sauk, and hopefully at exactly 2 o'clock uh, we would cross through to the budget speech. I want to thank my team, Hazel McVeni, Killen, and, and Killen, welcome back, by the way, <laughs> because you haven't been here in a while. And then we're back tomorrow uh, doing what we do best and back to normal programming, which is between between uh, 1 and 2. But we're going to play out with music by Spongile Kumalo, Breath of Life. offering Breath of Life. Do you get it? It is now time for SAFM News with Sir Utsi Lissauk.